Welcome back to the William Briggs Show. This is episode number four. Today is the 14th of October, 2009. Today's subject, polka. Well, polka and climate models. Global temperatures have been decreasing for the past 10 years or so, yet the belief in the climate models which predict warmer temperatures continues unabated. Why is that? We'll look at that today. Stick around. Now, I grew up in Detroit, but when I was middle school aged, our family had moved to the Great White North, or very near it, to the very tip of the mitt of Michigan in a small town called Gaylord. Uh, this town is so small, in their report this week, or perhaps last week, in the newspaper, front page story, uh, they were expecting 30 more kids to enroll in high school this year, and they wanted to properly prepare the budgets. I think my graduating class was about that size, maybe around 28 or maybe around 30. Uh, so it's a very small town. And it bills itself as the Alpine Village. Uh, all the businesses are decorated uh, duly. And there is an Alpen Fest every summer. And I remember when I was a boy on Saturdays, they used to have a polka hour or two hours or something on the, on the radio station. I used to listen to that and grew fond of it. You'd also hear it in the beer tent at Alpine Fest time. And that was uh, a lot of fun. So we can't listen to this kind of music without a beer in our hands. So I'm going to pause and you pause and we'll both go get a beer and I'll meet back here in a second. Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we should. This week's Science uh, magazine had a report entitled, What Happened to Global Warming? And this is a very interesting report. It's a very brief report, but it's a perfect lead-in for our topic today, which is understanding the evidence for the belief in future global warming. It is certainly true. There have been uh, upswings and downswings in the global temperature uh, on Earth throughout history. In fact, climate has never been constant, not ever. And therefore, there is very little reason to expect that it will continue to be constant in the future. Nor can we define an ideal climate, uh, nor has anyone really attempted to do so. But all of these ideas are in the backs of people's heads when they make uh, statements about global warming and uh, the effects of climate change and so forth. But we're going to ignore all those things today. And we're instead interested in uh, why people continue to believe that global warming is on its way uh, when the evidence so far has been that it is not. And that is a very important topic. Why, why do people, perfectly rational scientists and, and so forth, have this belief? So we need to explore that in some depth. This report is by Richard Kerr. He's the sort of atmospheric science guy at Science Magazine and writes these sort of things often. The report shows a graph of the t satellite temperature data from uh, the, the mid-70s until last year. 
and it shows what everybody knows. It was sort of bobbing along up and down up until about the uh, early 1990s and where it rose until about 1999. And since then, it has been perhaps decreasing, certainly uh, not increasing. Okay, so this is the, the facts. Nobody disputes all these facts. The article leads off with this sentence. It says, the blogosphere has been having a field day with global warming's apparent decade-long stagnation. And the interesting thing about this is, and the blogosphere is mentioned several times in this little piece, the sort of fear or the perplexity that there could be people out there on the, on the internet who believe differently than the, the so-called consensus. I, I don't understand this fear. I mean, people, people can believe all sorts of crazy things on the internet, and that's usually not bothersome to people, but it's a bothersome thing to, to these people when people dissent, or at least express a skeptical view. And the problem with this is, is that it leads uh, sometimes sober scientists to exaggerate uh, their views to more forcefully make their own points. Then the other side gets this, the skeptical side, and then they, they say this is ridiculous, and then they tend to exaggerate too uh, the evidence that they have, and that leaves the other side to exaggerate, and so forth. And this is a typical, common, uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate effect of politics in any subject uh, for humanity. And it's, it's no different than global warming. The only problem with it is, is this is a very empirical subject. And, and the hope is that we could uh, eschew these politics, at least in the evidence for or against uh, man-made climate change. But that's not the case. We have to keep all this in the back of our mind because this all forms part of why this has become such a noisome issue. Uh, this is not the point, though. The point is that some of these climate scientists are saying that this is a pause in global warming and that a natural swing in climate to the cool side has been holding greenhouse warming back and such swings don't last forever. Now our pal Gav, Gavin says, in the end, global warming will prevail. And I trust that that is a UK use of the word prevail and it doesn't mean the same thing that it does in uh, the States here. Uh, in the article, the science article, there is a picture of the satellite temperature data and also uh, drawn on top of it is a corrected picture of the temperature. Well, what do they, what do they mean corrected? Well, the corrected they speak of is corrected for the natural temperature effects of El Nino and La Nina. This is a statistical thing they have done, and it's an incorrect thing to have done. It's one thing to tease out how much of an effect uh, a certain a, a certain phenomena like La Nina and El Nino might have, and you might try to guess how much of a certain climate signal is due to them and how much is due to other things. But there is no such thing as a corrected temperature. None. Uh, the temperature is the temperature. You do not experience, if you're, say, a farmer, you do not experience in the field a corrected temperature. You only feel what's out there. So this idea is to sort of move the actual observed temperature in line with what was forecasted. And, and that's a very poor thing to do because it tends to give you a belief stronger than is warranted by the actual data. Now, some of these uh, scientists have run model simulations, and all of these all of these climate models, we'll talk more about it in a second, 
uh, all, all of these models are partly statistical, partly physical, partly computational, partly guesses and all sorts of things melded into one thing. So they run these things as simulations and they have found that some of the simulations, a small fraction of them, some of the time exhibit characteristics that are like the characteristics we are observing. Now we're going to talk about that fully in a minute. So w what this has done uh, is, is sort of convince some of these climate modelers that the pause is natural and the unnatural warming due to mankind will continue. And one of them, a guy named, and I apologize if I have mispronounced his name, Stefan Ramstorff of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany says, this goes without saying. And that he, have ma he has made that point several times on the Real Climate blog. Paper, this science paper goes on to quote several other climate modelers who all seem to believe is that warming will resume perhaps five years from now, perhaps 10 years from now, but eventually and certainly, or at least as certain as these things can be. Now let's talk about these climate models themselves. We have already said that they're an amalgam of physics and math and statistics and probability and computer science and everything. No one person writes a climate model. These are written by dozens or order of magnitude, a hundred people. There are many different centers, uh, all with their own twist and tweak on these climate models. But in no sense is each climate model independent of all of the others. All of them borrow ideas from one another, and this is as it should be. But we can't look at the fact that several different climate models have all predicted, say, the same thing, and then use that to say, if we had three models that all predicted the same thing, that our evidence is three times as likely as if just one model said the same thing. This is not the case. No one knows the level uh, to the extent that these things are not independent, but they are fairly dependent. And I think most people would agree with that. These climate models, of course, predict lots of things. Uh, the most important, of course, is temperature, followed by precipitation, but they also make predictions of humidity, wind, uh, the amount of sunshine, and so forth, and how much of the precipitation falls as snow and how much as uh, liquid water. All of these things are interesting and important, uh, but the one that gets the most focus is temperature. So that's the one we'll do today. All right, so we have the climate models in hand, and they're making predictions of temperature and other things. The predictions have so far been wrong to the extent uh, that they have all predicted that temperatures would be much warmer than they have actually obtained. For instance, back to the science paper, even by their standards, uh, they picked a date, they picked a date 1999, and this is somewhat arbitrary, uh, from, from 1999 to 2008, and the observed uh, warming is about 0.07 degrees centigrade. And the predicted warming during that time has been three times that amount, about 0.2 degrees centigrade. So the forecasts are a bust, yet they're still believed. So something has gone wrong uh, in those forecasts, and they think that they understand why. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. 
they did not take into account, uh, oh, there's lots of little things that they did not fully take into account solar contributions and solar variability. Uh, the ocean coupling to these models is not as good as it uh, should be, and they did not fully understand El Nino and La Nina and things like this. But the models themselves, we must understand, the evidence, the direct evidence that we have is that the models are a bust, and that the actual observations show a decrease, a slight decrease, or at least no increase in temperature. So then why do people believe that the temperature will still increase? Well, the models tell them that it will. How can we reconcile the fact that the actual observations go in a different direction from the, the model forecasts, yet future model forecasts are still believed? Why is that? We will explore that topic after the break. That, of course, was the very rare live version of Cabbage Rolls and Coffee by Stan and Yash Mengi. Uh, I remember the 
well, I don't remember too much, but my mother tells me my very first meal out was at Saunders on Michigan Avenue uh, in, in back home. And I had cabbage rolls, not coffee, but cabbage rolls and mashed potatoes. And if you've never had cabbage rolls, they're delicious. Okay, let's return, let's return back to these climate models and let's think about the idea of evidence and belief. So what we have, a slight recap, not to bore us, but global temperatures have been at least non-increasing, perhaps decreasing. Climate models have predicted over these past 10 years that temperatures would have increased. Therefore, the climate models are a bust. Something has gone wrong. They do not have skill. Climate models are still predicting that temperatures eventually will continue to increase and will do so because of mankind's activities. Why then do these climate scientists believe what they do? This is what we have to understand. Uh, I'm going to surprise you uh, immediately by saying it is not irrational for them to do so, at least not completely. So uh, we have an idea of a physical model. We have the global temperature, we have proxy data up until about 100 years ago, uh, and then we have actual temperature data, but from different kinds of sources. And from the 70s, really, we have satellite data, which is our most accurate. So we have physical data, and, and our coverage up until the 70s, at least, was very sparse. We have data, in other words, and we want to explain how that data came about. And we do so using models. Now, these models are in part physics, in part statistical, or in part probabilistic, uh, as is common in all physical models. Now, what the interesting thing to do is, the first thing that you have to do is you have to build these models so that they can represent the data that you have already seen. That is to say, we want to build climate models that produce data that looks like data in the past. If the climate models cannot do this, then we have good evidence that they will not be able to predict future data very well. So this is a necessary condition for any kind of model, statistics model, probability model, model for uh, medical data, model for marketing data, anything, a model for uh, quarks spinning and so forth. The, the model itself, it's necessary that the model be able to represent past data well. And this climate models seem to be able to do, not precisely, not exactly, but they can do so in a statistical sense. They can produce climates that look like, in some sense, the past climates that we have observed. None of them predict the temperature from year to year perfectly. None of them do this, you understand. So their predictions are, or rather the, the, the model explanations of the past data are correct in only a rough sense. And this is at least a necessary condition. It is not a sufficient condition, however, to guarantee that predictions from this model are infallible or will be probably right or even are valuable at all. So this is the compelling thing to a lot of people. The fact that these models 
can produce climates that look like our past climates. Now, there are uncertainties involved in that. Remember that our temperature data was sparse up until, say, 30 years ago and somewhat error prone. So we can't actually know if we can reproduce past climates exactly. So we can only reproduce them in this large statistical sense anyway. It is a fact, uh, a fact of logic, that for any set of data, climate data, again, physics data, medical data, marketing data, you can always find a model that fits that data or that explains it well. And in fact, you can find an infinite number of these sort of models. So it's not necessarily, in fact, it's not even that amazing that uh, climate models can reproduce the past climates that well. Uh, it would be shocking if they could not. Because of this fact that we can find an infinite number of models, it means we should not trust the model that we have in hand until it has demonstrated that it can predict data that is not used in any way to build it. So for climate models, this means that it should, or these climate models should be able to predict using some measure of goodness, which we won't get into here, uh, temperatures somewhat accurately. In fact, more accurately than they have done so far. So as it stands right now, climate models aren't very skillful. And so you would be wise not to use them if you are, uh, say, betting on oil markets or something like this. But a lot, some climate scientists, uh, qua activists, are ax asking us or asking our governments to act on these models in the form of increasing rules and regulation and taxations and so forth uh, to avoid what they feel will be some sort of catastrophe. Well, the evidence they have for that is only on the fact that these climate models uh, represent past data well. But this is not a very good test, as we've already said. And in fact, the way these climate models are built, without getting too much into the physics of the thing, uh, most people know that carbon dioxide is a very important component to these models. Carbon dioxide itself is not that important a greenhouse gas. Uh, just by itself, it doesn't uh, contribute very much to warming on its own. It can only do so through positive feedback mechanisms. So this is what's happened, uh, I think. At least there, there is some good evidence that this, this following scenario has happened. Climate scientists operate under the belief that this positive feedback carbon cycle is true. It is built into the climate models these climate models are then tuned as any statistical physical model can be so that it does fit the past data uh, well using some measure of goodness okay so then they make predictions based on this model and as so far we have seen the predictions are failing so th this is not a very good test of that model per se and so what somebody should do or some team should do is uh, assemble a group of skeptical, positive feedback carbon people who work on a climate model just the same way as these other groups have without that mechanism in the model. That is to say, they build a climate model and they try to as faithfully and work as hard as the other groups have done and tune the parameters uh, strained to try to get these models to fit the past data well, except that the carbon feedback 
the positive carbon feedback cycle that is in all of these other models is absent. Now, what is done is that these positive carbon feedback models, if I could use that, that sort of shorthand cartoon term, uh, are used in two senses. This is not the sense I want it used in. What they do is they run these models at present day carbon dioxide levels and then they or pre-industrial levels and then they multiply that level times two and then they run the model again and then they compare the outputs of the low co2 to high co2 models and lo and behold the temperature is warmer in the high co2 models well this is not evidence this is not evidence of anything except that uh, the positive feedback carbon uh, modules inside the climate models are doing their jobs it is certainly not evidence that they're forecasting well or even reproducing the past temperatures well. So what we really need is we need a, uh, a set of model comparisons where we have on one hand the positive feedback carbon models making their forecasts. And on the other hand, we have climate models built just as assiduously as those other, as the first ones are, but without that positive carbon feedback cycle in it. Now, both of them will produce forecasts of the future and even even without waiting around for the temperatures to come in so we can see which model is more skillful uh, we will have learned something important about these climate models now i don't mean to suggest that uh, experiments uh, like this have not been done per se they have obviously as people have been building these models throughout the years these climate models are not the result of uh, uh, one afternoon's work. I mean, they're 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 built of decades-long work, but nobody has done a controlled experiment in that sense. The models are taken as correct in, in that sense. Uh, the 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 structure of the physics and so forth is taken as correct. These are huge, complicated things. The data sources themselves are huge and complicated. The amount of uncertainty uh, is large, uh, but somehow this uncertainty is not carried through to the end. And we could clear a lot of it up if experiments like that are done. There's a lot of skeptics out there, and the skeptics are right to point out the failings and weaknesses of climate models, but they can't go too far either. This, as I pointed out at the beginning, merely exacerbates the problem. And when you go too far, you make mistakes, and in the end, all people do is focus on your mistakes, and they'll ignore your correct pronouncements, even though your correct pronouncements are 99% of all of the statements you have made. So I found this uh, clip, uh, conservative, uh, I guess, talk show host Glenn Beck uh, talked to uh, the guy who founded the Weather Channel. Let's just listen to this clip and we'll talk about it. Because that is exactly what happened last week when the founder of the Weather Channel wrote an article that began, and I quote, it is the greatest scam in history. I'm amazed, appalled, and highly offended by it. Global warming, it is a scam. Um, why is it that um, the scientists are all in on this? I mean, so many people are in on the global warming is real and we've got to stop it right now. Glenn, you've got to make a living, first of all. So you spent 10 years becoming a PhD in meteorology. You got a research job and you decide you're going to research the effect of, of human activity on global climate. And if you were to put out a research report that said not much and it doesn't seem too bad, uh, you probably wasted all your 10 what was years. It, John, what I, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I don't think it's true. 
if you were a young scientist and managed to do the experiments I suggested or others more clever that you thought of yourself and could conclusively prove uh, that what everybody has been doing is wrong, then you will have made quite a name for yourself and do well. I, I don't think that that's the case. I think the more, more of the problem happens to be is that these are not small things. These are not one guy working at his desk with pen and paper like a mathematician coming up with something and putting it out there. These are large, concerted, multi-continental efforts of large groups of people. And it's hard for anybody to, uh, to sort of uh, step away from their day job and try to change things. And even if you wanted to, as I suggested, to run those experiments, you just can't do that easily. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. So it seems rational that uh, scientists believe as they do. Uh, we only here remember from the most outspoken ones too, so their views aren't necessarily representative of the mainstream. That's it for this week. Uh, come on back next week when we'll explore exciting new topics. In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we are gone from here, all our friends will be drinking all our beer. Cause in heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we are gone 